J.T. Crowley is Talking Books. On this show, you'll hear from emerging talent and seasoned veterans from around the world. They'll give you their take on the writing process and how to create the secret sauce of page-turning deliciousness. Let's get into that magical mixture of the art and science of creativity. Here's J.T. Crowley, author of The Smart Kids and your podcast host. Hello, I'm J.T. Crowley. And I am very, very, very excited today because joining me today are children's author Natalie Reeves Billing to talk about her books, in particular, her latest book, Bernie and Boating. And I'm also extremely delighted to have on the show Bernie Hollywood, social entrepreneur and charity fundraiser. Bernie Hollywood, who over the last 40 years has raised over £42 million for numerous charities. So that is some uh, reckoning, that is some achievement. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, he was awarded the Order of the British Empire. That's why he's OBE, everybody. So let's welcome on the show, Natalie Bernie. Welcome to the show, Talking Books. Hello, thank you. Great to be here. Thank you, John. Great to be here. Oh, it is. Now, the honour is mine, believe you me. I'm so glad that finally we've been able to do this podcast because this is such an important podcast, everybody, and you'll see why. And as we go on, you'll see why I've got two guests on today. Uh, Natalie, who's, who's the author of the books we're going to be talking about there, and then Bernie, and you'll see why there are three of us on this podcast. Um, but first, I want to come to, if that's okay, to you, to yourself, Natalie. Natalie, when I look at uh, your social media sites, for me, you come across as a woman who's passionate about your work um, to get young kids, especially disadvantaged children, to get them involved, um, you know, with, with reading books, with discovering books and opening the world of creativity, you know, so they can see that, you know, these stories, you know, are going to take them beyond the bounds of their bedroom. Am I right here? Yeah, for me, uh, growing up, we, we had lots and lots of fun, but one, you know, one thing that we did lack was uh, the money, the, the opportunity to go to places and visit places that we wanted to visit. So everything for us was very simple, you know, going, keeping it simple, going to the park and doing a lot of reading. So my mum was very much into reading. We had piles of books everywhere. And um, one of the things that I quickly got into was this ability to travel vicariously through other characters and go to places that I may never get a chance to go to um, and to make friends uh, because although I am now a, quite a sociable person. There's a part of me that is quite, um, I guess, shy and uh, isolated, but this is something that I do to myself. I, I've always been very much inside my own head. So the ability to make friends with characters in books and uh, you know, say the things that I didn't dare say in real life through somebody else was uh was just you know brilliant and that stayed with me and it's something I've wanted to impart on my own children and and on other kids and families that I meet I know what a benefit that's had on me and my imagination and creativity as I've grown up a lot of authors do that don't they they hide behind the characters yeah yeah you know yeah. sometimes it's not easy for people to make friends and it gets harder and harder I think even though mm. you know it, it's easy to have a 
a, a conversation with people, but to keep that going in a very busy life is quite hard. It's quite taxing to keep relationships, I think, keep them healthy. Um, so one way that I've done that is by living alongside friends in books that I keep revisiting. And it reminds me to do that in my own life as well. It pushes me out of the house, I think. Certainly. Um, Natalie, you're a great mum to Nathaniel and Ellie Rose. Mm -hmm. But when I look at your background, you, you've done a variety of things in your life, a variety of jobs before you turn to writing. Um, you've, you've sung, you've mm -hmm. danced, um, worked in the media industry. Was this a foundation? I think you've already touched on this slightly. Was this the very foundation that you've used to write in your books? Well, yeah, I think, you know, everybody is the result of what they've done in their lives and the influences that they've had. Um, you know, I think that for me, I've took a long time. I've took the scenic route to find what it is that actually I do. Um, so I've tried all of those things and I've realized that the constant through all of the, those things is creativity and writing. So although I was uh, performing and singing, I was all, also songwriting and that is storytelling. You know, I was creating poetry. I've always journaled. Um, even when I had a, a very big tangent in my life where I decided randomly to go and open a recycling facility. But the thing that I enjoyed most about that experience was um, creating a sort of world around that and um, blogging and doing the social media content. So, yeah, for me, through all of that, I realized what's the commonality. And it's always been writing and getting my word out there and trying to put something from my head in into writing and words so that other people can relate to it and maybe find part of themselves in that. I think that's a fantastic idea. And, you know, when you look, everybody, at Natalie's social media sites, you can see what she's talking about there. She truly is a person who works so hard on all that she does um, for, for young kids and, you know, their issues as well. Um, your mother, Natalie, she was an inspirational woman. And I get the feeling that she was the person who set you on this road. She was the most inspirational person in your life when you were a youngster, wasn't she? Yeah, my mum was um, certainly a, an outrageous character. She really was very daring and um, I admired that. She was a punk rocker. So at the school, really? my mum would turn up in outfits made from bin liners and, you know, a massive Mohican or no hair at all. And, I, you know, my friends thought that was really cool. So... You know, I wish that I had the confidence that she had. But as I grew up and you realize, you know, you, you look at the subtleties around it. My mum was actually very shy. And that was her way of trying to change that and to, to make the most of what she was given. And I guess to a certain extent, that's the same with me. Um, my writing and therefore my whole facade, I go to events dressed in petticoats and things like that. But that to me is a way of opening up a conversation. It makes me have to have that conversation as well. So it's not just for others to talk to yeah. me and think, oh, isn't she approachable? She must be wearing that dress for a reason. She must want people to talk to her. Well, actually, yes, it gives me really um, practice, I guess, in, uh, in, in doing what I preach. That's fantastic. 
I want to come to your books now. Um, how did you come up with the idea of the Monstrous Me collection? They're wonderful. You know, they're small books, everybody. They're beautifully written, and the illustrations are just fabulous. Where did you get these ideas for, you know, the Monstrous Me collection? Well, at first, I thought about all of the everyday instances where children think of us as monsters because of little things that they deem to be unacceptable, like teeth cleaning, which obviously comes in the way of their activities. Mm. They're building blocks and stuff like that. Then the next minute they have to brush their hair or go to bed and, you know, the injustice of that. Oh, it's terrible and, uh, injustice. It's terrible. And, you know, I thought, wow, okay, that's a, that's a unique perspective from a child's point of view. But my daughter said, mum, and she put her hands on her hips and said, mum, you know the way that you're always saying that, uh, you know, there's two sides to every story, but there isn't, there's only one and it's yours. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's so poignant. It is true. Well, yeah, it's always just my side of the story, of course. But I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to explore both sides of the coin when it comes to the same events? So I decided to run two narratives parallel to each other and to flip it over, to flip the story physically on its head and the midpoint. So then you can see through both sets of eyes how they how they see the same situation. And it's interesting because it happens with everything in life. Many people looking at the same thing will have different takes on what's happened. And I think the truth is somewhere in between. So again, it's another way of um, opening up conversations and discussing why we do the things we do, why we think the things we think. And obviously when I heard about Bernie's um, conversation starter and you know the main point is to bring people together to talk, this was so aligned with, with, with what I've always thought is important. Storytelling is so powerful. It's a way of getting us to rethink and reframe the things that we see and experiencing things from another point of view. And put it into a kid's perspective, into yeah. the kid's book, yeah. I'm sure Bernie will agree with me here because we're probably of a similar age, you know. We can remember, uh, Bernie, our mothers used to say, well, yes, you can have a point of view, but let me tell you, I'm right. <laughs> Absolutely, John. Absolutely, yes. Mum ruled the roast. Um, you, you've got other books, um, Natalie, and the one book that stood out for me, apart from the book that we are going to talk about later on in the podcast, is Ben and the Bug. Yeah. Now, this book, I believe you wrote to help young kids to cope with COVID-19. Do you yeah. want to embellish on this? Talk to us about this. Yeah. Um, it was at the time when it was all very new to us and nobody really knew what was going on. And um, so I didn't really concentrate on the specifics of uh, COVID-19 in itself. The main thing is how we deal with the unknown, uh, you know, when the world's changing, how can we help little ones understand that when we're scared ourselves? And I noticed that a lot of mums and dads um, were worried about how to broach that, whether they talk about it at all or whether they brush it under the carpet. So for me, it was about open openness and honesty, but in a palatable way. Um, so again, what I wanted to do was to give the bug a face. So I gave it a face in the form of this uh, awkward looking little green blob who left yeah. mucky handprints everywhere that he went. Absolutely, and yeah. I got the feeling that, you know, nothing's worse than what we can imagine in our own heads. That You know, that's the most terrifying thing of all. So I thought by giving it a face, it allowed us to go back out into the world again and to uh, you know, kind of weather the anxiety we were all feeling. 
because kids have suffered, haven't they, during COVID, being, you know, locked up, um, you know, missing school and missing friends. They have, they've, you know, their mental um, well-being has been affected, hasn't it? Yeah, I think that we always feel that because they can't read between the lines that they're resilient to a lot of these things. And maybe to a certain extent that's true, but I think that they hold on to it and it, it becomes bigger and bigger over time. Um, and so I think that the fallout of that is, you know, a lot of children have got a huge percentage of their lives which have gone on during COVID-19. So some of them can't remember what it was like before. And, um, you know, for us, we still have the luxury of remembering what it was like to be able to stop on a country road and have a meal. Uh, and that spontaneity, which is, seems to have gone, everything needs to be planned. So there's been a massive lifestyle adjustment, I think, for everybody. And to remember that there was a world and, and spontaneousness and, you know, beforehand, I think is really important for children. I totally agree. Um, can we come to the main book here, um, Bernie and Boating? Mm -hmm. I'm drawn, I have to say this, by the vivacious, wonderful illustrations that has been done by Lisa Williams. But what I also like about this book, everybody, is the way the storylines fit to the illustrations on the page. And they're not just, you know, typed out. They're scattered around. They have been curved. And they are wonderfully done. How the text is done is absolutely amazing. How long did it take you and Lisa to put this book, this magical, you know, fun-loving book? You know, I wish I was five or six and I could, you know, somebody would buy me this book for me. How long did it take to put together? Um. Wow. Okay. So I guess the first and the, the easiest part in a way is to write the thing. This is one of those books where it wrote itself. We, talk, we talked about the whole idea of the book and what it, what it meant for so long that by the time I came to put pen to paper, it kind of just wrote itself. So that part of it was always the easiest part. Then Lisa and I have to talk about what we say in the, in the illustrations what bits we leave out. Uh, and that bit is a juggling act really, because um, I don't need to explain everything in my words. Sometimes the pictures do the talking. So it's how, um, it's which, you, which words I use and which bits I leave out is the most important bit. You want the children and the families to have revelations of their own without it being spoon fed. Um, so getting that balance right was probably the longest process and sketching it out and seeing where the text kind of fit. And then, of course, because it's a larger project and there's lots of people involved, um, having to add their bits and their take and, and all of that, Bernie will tell you that was a very long-winded process with a bit of back and forth. <laughs> so it was a committee. It was a, it was a family activity that a, a whole community went into the making of that book. So I'd say th about three months, maybe four. Yeah, and you know what? I think, I think you're right there. Um, and, and it brings back the phrase, you know, um, a picture can paint a thousand words, can't it? Mm -hmm. It really can. And when I look at the book, and I'm going to go to everybody, there's a page here, and it's beautiful. And it's, it's got the image. Oh, now, let me just tell everybody this. The name of the boat is Boaty. 
But the name of the young character is Bernie. And that character, Bernie, is named after the gentleman who's sitting patiently in the top corner of this podcast because that's the book is about what he's doing and his boat. That's the connection. And he will tell you very shortly what he's going to do. So the book and what Bernie's going to do is interlinked. But when I look at this caption here, it says, Swim, boaty, swim, but she didn't know how. Fear made her shake from her stern to her bow. Bernie played a sweet tune. Boaty opened her eyes to calm glassy seas and the sunny blue skies. And the, the, the caption here, the illustration here, everybody, is of the beautiful rainbow-colored boat, and Bernie is standing up playing a ukulele. Are you taking this ukulele with you, Bernie, on the ride? Uh, yeah, yes, John. It's 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 coming with me for uh, up to ninety days at sea. So yeah, it's I'm going to play a tune every day, and um, we're going to do a very special uh, letter opening every day. We're going to have ninety letters of hope from children around the United Kingdom who are then going to give me those letters. I'm going to open a letter every day and read that letter of hope, and then play a tune. So I've got four, 90 tunes to learn in between now when I, when I set sail in December. So it's coming along nicely. Do you know what I like about the, um, the book, Natalie, is that apart from the one beautiful illustrations and your, your beautiful writing here, is at the back of the book, and if I scroll down here on my iPad, I think this is very important. This is very, you know, um, relevant. It's the image of fab facts. And I think this kids can read these and see what, you know, is behind all this, can't they, Natalie? Yeah. And the thing is, um, I think that it's important that they have the ability to follow the campaign and know what the campaign actually looks like um, and how difficult that task is. Because the story is about mental challenge, but also about the physical challenge. And both of those work hand in hand, as you can't have one without the other. You need the mental resilience to get through the physical challenges. So it's two stories, really, an internal and an external one. And I think it's important that children know that. Um, sometimes facts have a way of being too um, detailed. And sometimes children just need to say, well, actually, that's as the, the distance from the space station to Earth. And and say, whoa, you know, whereas if you put that in kilometer terms, they might not really relate to that or know how epic that challenge is yeah. so and with my son he's very um factual rather than uh creative and you know he he prefers to know the stats so it gives a child something for everyone in terms of what type of child is going to be reading that book because when you look at it yes they're all in little bubbles they you know the little bits of information of child-sized bites and it's wonderful and I love also in, you know, the book here, the, the island, you know, they're all on the island. You've got the, the lighthouse and you've got the boat arriving and you've got the dolphins and you've got the rainbow. It's just magical, isn't it? It is. I wanted people to know that that's their safe space. And what we're really saying is if you, if you need someone, there's always somebody that you can talk to and there's always people who are there to help you and that's why uh, in the island scene you see the shelter and there's lots of yeah. people waiting for you but also there's no door on there so that means it's always open and of course you, you've got other little illustrations within the book itself 
you know, um, because this is going to be a, a challenge, you know, the one, you know, oh, he wished for the clouds to break up in the sky and send him a sunbeam to help him to dry. Mm-hmm. That's sometimes when you feel the world's working against yeah. you and everything is going wrong, but still that one little thing of breaking the clouds can make a whole bit of difference. But this is, you know, significant, everyone, because Bernie, when he does this race, and I'm going to shut up in a minute, is going to be facing days like this, aren't you, Bernie? Yes, John, there's, there's going to be lots of ups and downs um, throughout the whole of the 90-day journey. So there'll be calm seas, but there'll also be stormy seas as well. You know, it's that the book really sort of reflects beautifully uh, what the journey is going to be um, over that 90-day period across the world's most dangerous ocean. But uh, also, I think, beautifully told and illustrated within the book is also the wildlife that I'll actually encounter. Mm. So we'll see dolphins, we'll see waves, flying fish. Uh, I don't think I'll see Nautilus and Triton. <laughs> um, you never know. You never know. Maybe so, Nat. Um, but uh, they're, they're very appropriate uh, gods of the sea that actually are on the name of the boat. The coat, right, yeah. arms, the coat of arms of the city of Liverpool, which we've been yeah. graciously being given the permission to use the, the actual name. I'm, I'm going to come to that in a minute, Bernie, but I just want to ask Natalie one more question here, if you don't mind. Sure. Did you love writing this book, Natalie? Oh, I did. I, I love analogy. So figuring out ways to talk about uh, mental challenges, but putting that over a bed of the sea and storms and whirlpools and, you know, that for me, I, I love how those connections and analogies are made. I think they're really strong to visualize, you know, the things that we feel internally and, and see them depicted as actual moments on this physical challenge. So I couldn't think of a better analogy for emotions really than water. Do you think your children, Nathaniel and Ellie Rose, are proud of you, what you've done with this book? I'm sure somewhere inside of them, you know, they are. And maybe in another four years, I'll actually get a congratulations out of them. But my daughter is very much like me. She uh, she writes and she she honors me in ways like she will do the next book. Oh, I've got the second book for you here. And I've done the, done the front cover. And so she's very artistic. So that to me is a commendation. Whereas my son He's more interested in stalking me on social media to see, is mummy famous? Are you famous, mummy? That's it for him. Are you really famous? I'm going to tell all my friends. So, yeah. It's about street cred for him, isn't it? It is. Street cred. Street cred. I get that. I think even (laughs) Bernie gets that one. Um, I want to bring in Bernie here, everybody, because without Bernie and his boats, there would be no book, um, Bernie and Boaty. Because the two, everybody, are interlinked here. And you're now going to see why they're interlinked. Because we've talked about the book and Natalie's other books, but now I want to bring in Bernie to talk about, um, you know, I mean, Bernie, you, over the last 40 years, have raised over £42 million for various charities. Yeah. And you like a challenge. Now, when we first chatted and I thought to myself, oh, this is one heck of a challenge, you know, the, and the challenge, everybody, is, is hidden under the scheme of the boat of hope. Now, I'm going to get Bernie to tell you why it's called the boat of hope, the boat of hope even. Um, but this is the Tol- Tolska Whiskey Challenge, and this is probably one of the most 
challenging uh, things a man can do or a woman um, or a person. You're sponsored by Parent Pay and, and supporting the charities, not only for the UK, but across the world. These, you're raising money here for the Samaritans and Love Rowing. Can you tell these global listeners and viewers who watch, you know, who'll be watching this podcast all about what you're doing? Sure. I'll, I'll try to be as brief as possible, John. Um, the Boat of Hope campaign is, is a very simple message. And it's a message of really trying to open up a conversation about depression and suicide to early learning children and young adults around the world. What people may not know listening or watching this today is that uh, young, uh, young suicide figures are on the rise throughout the whole, of, the whole of the world, the developed world and also the developing parts of the world as well, which is extremely sad. And there is no formal remedy to actually finding out what's happening here. But we know that if we start opening a conversation with young people about how they feel about their mental health, it starts that opening up of really what's happening inside their head. And maybe, just maybe, we might be able to point them in the direction of support that they need in the early stages of their life. And that's what Natalie's book does beautifully. Um, the Boat of Hope campaign is basically bringing the creative arts alive within the boat. And I can talk about that in a little while, but through the creative arts, through this campaign, we're actually reaching young hearts and minds in a very, very different way than any other campaign at all. Now, primarily, yes, we do want funding for our incredible charities, but primarily we want to open up a conversation between parent, guardian, carer, teacher, and early years uh, children, and also young adults around the world. And we do that beautifully through the creative arts of literature, with writing, with, with Natalie, who's actually outstanding. Yes, through the illustrations of Lisa, uh, but also through creative art, through an amazing artist called Justin Eagleton, who's actually put together a 42-foot mural about the journey of depression of a young person uh, that actually is now being wrapped around the boat that you can see at the back of me in the foreground. And that shows the journey of the bad side of depression, but also then on the flip side of the boat, you see hope coming in, whereby with help and support and listening, a young person can potentially come out of that particular dark part of their lives with the help and support of others. Um, and also we brought in um, a musician in the form of Ben Hughes, um, and who's co-written a sea shanty with the incredibly talented Natalie, who makes me sick with regards to how talented she is. Um, but she's actually written a sea shanty as well. Uh, she's, uh, she's produced it, she's written it, she's performed in it, and it beautifully tells the story of Bernie and Boaty in song, but an incredible sea shanty way as well. Um, and not only that, is that the book actually has also been now made into a cartoon, and um, it's basically a, a trailer to the incredible book that, that Natalie's written. And we have the voice talents of Melanie C, the superstar that is, and we also have an amazing screen actor of stage, stage and screen, uh, Sasha Dewawin, 
who have actually narrated that amazing cartoon that brings the book to life into another dimension. So it's reaching out to as many young hearts and minds as we possibly can through the creative arts. And the boat is the vehicle to do that. It's a conversation starter. And uh, the boat has basically started its journey now and will go in April. It's going to do a 300-mile uh, boat pull um, uh, in a, a great place in, in the United Kingdom, at, at Ministry of Defence Base in Lynham, whereby she's going to be pulled for 30 days, 10 miles every day. And every mile that we pull the boat represents a young person's life that was lost to suicide in the United Kingdom last year. So over 300 young lives were lost. And teenage suicide in the United Kingdom is the greatest killer of young people in our country today. And we've got to do something about it, John. We just can't stand on the sidelines anymore. There isn't sufficient resource to actually give a, a psychologist, an educational psychologist or a clinical psychologist to a young person to start that conversation. But we can all do our bit with regards to making that conversation happen and potentially using our boat to do that through its amazing creative arts, through its literature, through its song, um, and through adventure as well. Because the boat, everybody, is actually, if you look at uh, behind Bernie, that is the boat itself. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the journey, the journey itself? When is it happening? What are you expecting? Yeah, um, the journey starts on the 10th of December, and it's a journey of 3,000 nautical miles, uh, and it starts in an island in the Canary Islands um, called La Gomera. And then you head straight into the, the greatest ocean in the world and the longest and deepest ocean in the world. And effectively, you are rowing nonstop, unsupported, uh, until you get to the, the nearest landfall, uh, which is an island called Antigua, uh, which is 3,000 nautical miles away from the start line. It's classified as the toughest row in the world. And to be fair and honest, it is. Um, um, but it's it's basically about getting you best, really best prepared for the actual uh, challenge ahead. And that's now really sort of I'm coming into the, well, the first 12 months of that have been fairly sort of arduous by getting to the actual start line uh, in preparation with regard to getting there. It costs quite a significant amount of money to get that boat to the start line in 12 months time. But with the greatest support and help that I have from my magical team of people that I've surrounded myself with, which includes the amazing Natalie Reeve Billings. Um, yeah, we've done a great job so far. Um, but the, our journey's just begun. Our journey has just begun. We um, This year, we'll do our boat pull in April. And then in June and July of this year, we're doing a national school tour with the boat. And we'll be seeing over 50 high schools around the United Kingdom talking about the boat itself, talking about the technology within the boat, because there's a lot of STEM involved in the boat as well, um, trying to inspire young children and young adults with regards that anything is possible, but more importantly, opening up that conversation about their mental health and well-being when we go into the classrooms. We're going to be seeing thousands of children around the United Kingdom. And through facilitating that conversation through Natalie's book, which is an amazing conversational starter about life's ups and downs and a beautiful way to early learning children. 
and also we'll be bringing our mental health experts in with us to all of the 50 schools that we'll be visiting in June and July. Um, it really is going to be an amazing conversational starter. Um, and that's really what we're all about. At the same time, we're looking to raise uh, a few coppers, a few dollars for our amazing charities that are our charity supporting partners along What's the way. What's the target? Uh, well, we've set a target of a million pounds. Um, I think that's more than achievable. Um, we're on a good starter so far. So we've got uh, a small amount in the kitty so far. We're just short of 10,000 pounds uh, with 12 months even before we go to the start line. So our momentum will now start to build with our charity boat pull, which starts on the 1st of April. And that is, as I say, 10 miles a day, pulling a, a boat, which weighs three quarters of a ton, um, up and down the Ministry of Defence, the longest runway in the United Kingdom. We've got the, uh, the OK from Her Majesty's Armed Forces to actually use the runway for a month. And we've got lots of amazing influencers coming along to pull the boat in the 30 days to actually stimulate the conversation that your mental health and well-being is it's equally as important as your physical health and well-being. And um, we've got all the armed services coming in and we've already got a flight pass happening on our first day uh, with the RAF doing an amazing flight pass, delivering their Royal Air Force uh, mascot, their mental health mascot. He's going to come along with me on my journey across the Atlantic. He's being delivered to me by Chinook helicopter on day one. And, That's put a um, smile on Natalie's face. Yeah, it's, 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 it's incredible. Well, Natalie knows the gentleman behind that as well. So um, we're all one team. It's amazing, John, what you can do when you surround yourself with incredible people. Oh, sure. Um, so I include Natalie in my team. She is absolutely wonderful. Are you going with him on some of these ventures, Natalie? Oh, try to keep me away. <laughs> Natalie is going to be coming along and she's going to be doing book readings for us of the book, signing the book as well, of course, which is phenomenal to get a signed book of it as well. Uh, but also opening the conversation with young people in the amazing way that she does anyway. She, she engages with young people in a very, very special way. Very briefly here, Bernie, do you have any interpretation about doing this journey? Uh, none whatsoever, John, to be fair. I, I know it's going to be hellish at times. And, you know, I'm, I'm primarily the boat will capsize on a couple of occasions. There's no question about that. Um, but if you can prepare for it in the best way you can, and in a couple of weeks time, I'm going on a seven week, uh, sorry, seven day training program to actually learn about all the bits, uh, the bad bits about what can happen at sea. Um, I, I think really that's the best that you can do. I've, I've challenged myself around the world in the last 40 years, um, but I think this is going to be the toughest and longest and the most um, uh, solitude that I will have um, to face, which again is a challenge in itself, to be fair, because, you know, we all suffer with our mental health, whether we like it or not. We have mental health, we have physical health. And, you know, I personally suffer with my mental health and I, I've done so recently with regards to the, um, the, the lockdowns that we've been in. And I'm not ashamed to say that in any shape or form, that I you know, have been depressed on a number of occasions. And no doubt while I'm out at sea and I'm on my own for some length of time and days aren't going well, um, yeah, I'm going to get mentally ill, mentally depressed. But it's a question of really how I can actually support myself. And when I think about all of the people behind me, who are all on my boat, every single person that's helped me get to the boats and start line actually appears in the mural. 
And Natalie is there in all of her beauty. She's there on a couple of occasions, along with all of my other great supporters as well. So if I do get down, I can always jump off and have a look at that amazing mural that Justin Eagleton's created. And I'm sure that will basically bring me some solace and give me some inspiration to get going and get back on the oars again. That's wonderful. Where can people donate? Well, it's really easy. Um, if you just go to uh, boatofhope.com, boatofhope.com, you'll find all of the ways in which you can donate and take part in our amazing campaign. Boatofhope.com. Thank you, Bernie. Natalie, where can people go and get your book? They can just go onto Amazon and Google Natalie Reeves Billing, Bernie and Boaty, and it will pop up from there. That's fantastic. Now, guys, I hope you can all see why I have two guests on today's show, Natalie Rees-Billings and her book, Burning Boaty. And, of course, the book is based on that gentleman doing a race, the Taliska Whiskey Race, not race, but row across the Atlantic Ocean to raise money for uh, young kids' um, mindsets, mental illnesses, depression, to, to support them. So this is what this podcast has been all about talking to two fabulous people about their lives, their creativity, their book, and what's going on in December. So all I say to you guys is go and have a look at Natalie's book. I'm right in saying, Natalie, aren't I, that all the proceeds go towards the Boat of Hope scheme? Yeah, all profits go towards Boat yeah, of Hope. Yeah, all the profits go to the Boat of Hope scheme. And we wish Bernie the best of luck with this 3,000 nautical mile um, trip across the Atlantic. I hope you found this podcast really interesting because I have certainly thoroughly enjoyed talking to these two guys here. As I say every week, everybody, is I'm JT Crowley. Thanks for listening, watching, wherever you're in the world. Stay safe. Until next time.